Welcome again to the Faro podcast series. And once again, I have the pleasure of having Ben Gibbs as my guest. Ben, would you remind people what part of the Faro you run? Yes, uh, thanks for inviting me. So I am head of the customer enablement team. So that means that me and my team work with a number of different customers around the world to enable them to use the Faro technology. Very well. So an emerging topic in IoT in recent months that I think we've both been exposed to is how do you do more than one device? Yes. That's actually quite a big challenge. More than one device usually does implicate some other axes here. So one of them is, where are these devices coming from? So if you're a manufacturer of devices, then it would be your own device. You're now moving into your second product line or third product line. But quite often what happens is that manufacturers are actually obtaining these or brands are obtaining these from different suppliers. So there's a big contrast between just me as a hobbyist. I've got my own. I mean, we have a video that talks about how you do your own mousetrap and it's a very popular video, but it just shows you how simply I can just do my own personal device that only I'm going to use. Yes. So that's one end of the spectrum. And that, and that takes about 45 minutes and it's, you almost do not need any skill to do that. <laughs> so I do that and I say, aha, uh -huh, what's the problem? I can just do this myself. So take us through the complexity as you go from that end of the spectrum to doing this whole multiple this, multiple that. So it's really the difference between, I'd say, amateur and professional. So you've really got professional IoT, which is what we offer. Nothing wrong with the amateur side of things, but it's really small scale. It's predominantly for yourself. It's very small scale. So, and quite often, even when companies are looking into this, they will probably start at that area. So they'll be in a lab. You're the technical guy who's been told, you know, find out about concept. this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Find out what this IoT thing is about. Or you're asking someone inside the organization to do that. So they will basically put together a prototype, a proof of concept, one device, one user, maybe a couple of users, that kind of thing. And the supply of the hardware will pretty much be only coming from one company. So that's very simple. But then you need to move on to a situation where now you're expanding, you may be doing a trial, or maybe this is your first product. And so you've still got that one supplier, one manufacturer, you've got the single device, but now you've got a lot more users. So now you're really productizing it. Yes. It's not just a prototype. You're it's getting it out the door and, and you're you experiencing need everything for the, first the product time. needs. Yes, so you're experiencing for the first time that you've got you know, a larger number of users. Any time in, in the sequence, you can actually see where you fall over. There, there could be an issue. So this is where you're starting to hit scalability issues. Could you hit more than 1,000 devices on your network? We've actually seen companies who they move from the prototype phase into production phase, and the prototype was never really designed for scaling. So it would, for example, it would pull the network every 100 milliseconds, mm. for example. And when that was a single device, there was no issue. And it seems like a reasonable thing to do. But <laughs> in hindsight, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you get to a thousand devices and you're doing a denial of service attack on your own infrastructure, right? A lot of IoT is consumer and therefore the mobile app is super important. Right. And so in that situation, you're now expanding the number of users you've got and the mobile app needs to be able to accommodate all of those types of users. And this is where you start to experience there are techie users, there are not techie users, there are 
users who are perhaps English is not their first language, all these different types of users, and your application needs to be able to accommodate them all. So you need to be able to do that. A lot of that comes in also in terms of the onboarding side of things. So how do you get the devices connected? And of course, Safari has a very good solution. We've talked about that before, right? Yes. And then also, as you're increasing the number of users, you need to think about reliability because they could be on at any time of the day, any time of the week, and they are now also hammering your network. So you need to be able to have that reliability. And your backend really needs to be able to handle that. No, the backend itself is a giant problem that you don't really have if it's just you. Correct. Let's just talk a little bit about what this backend does, because there are infrastructure providers out there who will provide you the bits and pieces that you need to build the backend. Uh -huh. But actually, when it comes to IoT, best way to think about it is in terms of the services that you need to mm. provide these users. So you've got these increasing number of users. So let's think about that. So first of all, users, user management, user accounts. Okay, what happens when you increase the number of users? There's going to be people who forget their password. Mm. Right. <laughs> people who want to change their email address. So all of that user management needs to be handled. That's a service in and of itself. Also, you need to think about how do you keep the product up to date? That could be, for example, a new Wi-Fi driver comes out or a, a bug fix around a particular chip that's on the device. So you need to be able to handle those over-the-air updates. You also need to be able to handle security and check that nothing's going wrong. So there's a number of different services that run on this back end that have to be there once you start selling the product and going up. So really one thing that emerges is that when you do one device, one manufacturer, one user, or few users, you can make a lot of assumptions that yeah. are no longer valid when you productize it, and now you have hundreds, thousands, millions of users out there. That's right. And actually, what we were just starting to talk about was what happens when you go to your next product. And you've made perhaps a number of assumptions with your first product, which were things like it's going to use a particular type of radio or it's going to have a certain amount of memory. We're going to push updates in this way. It's going to have these capabilities, whatever. But now you want to be able to get your second product out. I think this is really the, the point where a number of companies yes. suddenly decide, ah, we now realize that perhaps it's not as easy as just turning the crank. Because now the whole interaction with the device is different because it's a different thing. And you see that in the mobile app. So now right. the mobile app suddenly has to be able to handle more than one device. And what we've seen in the market are a number of mobile apps that are real monstrosities when it comes to handling multiple devices. For example, when you log into the mobile app or use it, it will ask you, what, what type of device are you trying to add? What type of device are you planning to use? And they will give you an extensive menu of all these different types of devices and different icons and all this sort of stuff. And they're asking you, which one? And it's because it's kind of organically grown mm -hmm. into this horrible experience. First of all, that shouldn't be the case. You shouldn't be asking users what type of device. You Surely know, the system yeah. should know. Yeah, should know yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's one issue. And then the other one is just the sheer development. On the development side of things, your engineering team, they don't want to have to restart. They want to have ability to be able to reuse what they did previously. So development reuse is super important. The other side of things is, that, let's think about the support. So your users have increased and you are now selling to a number of different companies or it's in operation. You're doing well and you're adding another product. Now your support staff have to support more than one product. 
If everything's different, then that is a problem. They now have to be trained on a new set of support requirements. They have to triage the issues differently, depending on which product is coming in. And that costs money. It also makes it a lot more difficult, a lot more expensive to train these people. So really what you would like to have is more consistency from one product to another. So that, for example, how do you get a product online should be the same between from product A to the next product. I mean, this would start with just having a single app that can handle multiple products. Yeah. So is it possible today to launch a whole new connected product without having to update the app? It is possible. This is the issue around companies who start trying to do it themselves. If you think about the design process, quite often what happens is the company will embark on a project to do some kind of IoT. It will be budgeted. There will be a plan to, for example, develop a mobile app and spend money on it. Then that will be project A. And the associated expenses are associated with that project A. Then project B comes along. Well, how do you get that app updated? There can be a lot of short-term mm -hmm. viewing, but you, you want to try and avoid that. You don't want to have to redo the app. You certainly don't want to have to release another app. That's going to cause terrible confusion. You definitely want to have one app. The other thing is app rankings are also super important. Yes. You don't want to get that dreaded one-star review. It's over. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> it really yeah. is. Yes. Because nobody picks an app with less than like three stars. Yes. <laughs> They say, you know, if you've got five stars, it's only because your mum, you know, <laughs> reviewed it. Uh, no one else has. So multiple devices are definitely a challenge. That's often where we see like companies start to decide maybe successful or maybe it's th that's the point where they're falling over. But that's often the point where they decide, yeah, this isn't really what we want to do. We want to call in the professionals at this point. And it doesn't stop there, though. There could be even more. Yes. This is a worldwide phenomenon, but quite often what will happen is when you're increasing the number of products that you're selling, those products won't always be manufactured within your own organization. You will be getting products from the best suppliers out there. Now, this could be a supplier in Asia. It could be a supplier in Europe. You're now obtaining those products from those suppliers and you are putting them under a single brand, for example. You're putting your name on it. This is done very, very often. Even if you are a computer manufacturer, you may be getting these various devices from ODMs. They will be building potentially to your spec, but they could be a completely different manufacturer from model A to model B. So in reality, what we see are a number of customers who have various suppliers. And when it comes to IoT, almost every single one of those suppliers will be telling them, hey, we can give you an IoT solution. <laughs> right. But the issue there is you've got no consistency. So, so now you have a single organization that is dealing with products from multiple manufacturers, multiple devices, multiple device types. Yes. And of course, for all the users for all of those devices. So now you've got scale in basically every dimension possible. That's right. And the sort of problems that you see are everything from different user experience. If, if you were to go with different solutions with each one, you now have the issues that we described before, which was different user experience, different support experience, different quality experience. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a big one. 
Also, if you're thinking about the manufacturing, you actually really want to be able to get this reuse going. So right. that affects things like your supply chain, so your cost. If you're getting a different solution from each one, you're not seeing economies of scale. If you have a way to basically require them to all use the same solution, then you will see economies of scale. And you achieve that consistency, but you also get flexibility to add new things across the board. For example, as just because you design a product today that meets the requirements of the market today, those market requirements could change very rapidly. You don't want to be able to uh, only add new features to new products. It may be that you're still selling the same product, but you want to enhance it. So one of the issues that we're seeing today is where, and, and this is pretty much consistent, if you want to sell a product to a company, if it has a new feature, you can charge more for it. You can't really charge more for a product that doesn't have a new feature. So if you want to be able to handle things like ever-improving capabilities of your product, then you, you have to have a way to do that. If you can do that across the board, then again, from the user experience, it will be consistent. The other th aspect around IoT is that quite often one of the benefits of having all these devices connected is that they can interact with each other. And so you could set up automation so let's say that when a door is opened, you switch on a light. If those products are coming from different manufacturers, then you're not going to necessarily do that unless you rely on some third-party connector of some kind. That quite often adds a lot of latency, technically. You know, you open the door and more five complexity. seconds later it turns on, right. that kind of thing. And it becomes more complex, it's more out of your control. It'd be a lot better if you had them all on the same system. And if you did, you could even have templates that says typically people use this and you just click on that rather than go build your own. So now we're talking about new features for existing products. So a little bit of future proofing as well as the complexities that we talked about. So what is the field experience? It feels very different to me than it did a couple of years ago when IoT was still a little bit new. I feel like we're observing a bigger trend here. What are you observing in your interactions with customers? So today, what we see is pretty much companies are wanting the professionals to handle this. And why is that? Because they tried and succeeded or tried and failed? or It's actually both. We have both types of customers. We have those who've tried and then they hit an issue and they find a problem. It becomes obvious to the organization that this is definitely not something they want to do. But we also have companies where they make the first product or the second product successful and then they too realize this is definitely something they don't want to do because it's a business in and of itself. It's like payroll. How many companies do their own payroll? Okay, maybe if you're really, really huge, but there is a reason why you outsource that. And in this situation, I think it's the same. We're seeing that the days of doing it yourself, they're over. They're over. That's it. So that means too that it is no longer a question of whether or not you can do it. It's a question of whether or not you want to do it. And if it has become its own business, now it becomes a strategic decision of, are we going to be in that business? In which case, it's no longer for our own internal use. It has to be for everybody's use. That's correct. And actually, sometimes that decision is made for you because there are companies who have engineering groups and those that don't. Now, right. the ones that don't, that's Easy. obvious. Yeah. I mean, field experience here, quite a number of companies we talk to, we will have a discussion with the head of the IoT group or the head of IoT in general. Sometimes that's a single person. They're like, I'm in charge of IoT and it's me. They're never going to do it themselves and they have no interest whatsoever. And it's straight Easy off, for... they know that they need a professional. 
Then there are the folks who have the R&D teams or the R&D resources. And actually, almost those guys are a little bit in a quandary because they've been asked to look into it. And now they're thinking, okay, yes, we can do that demo. We can do that prototype. We can show the CEO the potential. And we are working with companies who are in that process. But they also have acknowledged that this is most definitely not a core competency, definitely not something that they would be doing once they hit these scale issues around users and devices and things like that. I think I heard from one of you guys a quote from a customer that said, we've done this twice. We're not going to do this 80 more times or 20 more times or five more times. Correct. And we also have customers who have done it over 40 times. Wow. So the empirical evidence is that if you take the platform approach, if you do use a company like Ferro, then you are going to be able to churn out products just by turning the crank. What does a Ferro offer in this area that customers should rely on? What are the complexities? What are just top line ways that we solve them? So I think one of the areas when it comes to multiple devices and multiple suppliers fundamentally has to be addressed is, are you using a system that is designed for that from the get-go? And we are. We have seen situations where a customer will be working with a supplier and the supplier will say, we have an IoT solution for you please use it, we can do it very, very cheaply, or whatever their argument is. However, when that system hasn't been designed for export in any way, shape, or form, so there's no documentation or there's no APIs, it's within that organization and it would not be something that others could use anyway. Now, Afero is designed as a horizontal platform, so it's applicable to multiple devices and it's designed for developing on companies can look at the various APIs, the SDKs that we have for mobile apps, the firmware that we have for the various chips, and it's there for the taking, it's there for the using, and it's designed for that. The other aspect in terms of being able to duplicate and get devices out the door is this reusability. So we offer reusability in terms of the hardware, and also in terms of the software. So we have designed, for example, the firmware that runs on the devices to be about 95% the same from device to device. Really, the only thing that you're changing on that is the profile of the device. So you're defining the data model and the differences in terms of the attributes of the various devices. So those are the data elements, and we call that the profile. That's about all that's changing from one device to the next. So what we see our customers being able to do is use exactly the same hardware. Sometimes this could be a separate little PCB, sort of a wireless module that's plugged in, connectorized as we call it. So on the appliance side, that's very popular. Other times it could be that it's a built-in device in terms of a single CPU, like a Espressive ESP32, for example. But the devices can be reused, the hardware can be reused, and we're just changing the firmware. So if I have basically what I call cut and paste IoT, that totally simplifies things. You that, don't have to like reinvent the wheel. That's correct. And another aspect is in terms of testing. Uh -huh. So when you launch a product, you really need to test that it actually works. So your test group are going to want to know what have you changed and what haven't you changed, because you want to be able to reuse the testing from one time to another. Another area that needs to be thought about is some products, as you move from one product to another, may be more complex in terms of the functionality that they require. So we see a move towards having cameras in certain products. Once you start adding cameras to these products, 
you're going to need a lot more processing on the device. It's no longer a very, very simple device that's maybe running on a low power MCU. It's now perhaps a little bit more running on, say, a single board computer like a Linux based device. In those situations, you still want to have the same backend, you still want to have the same approach to how you define the product. So you get all of that reuse. You just want the product to be more powerful. So the connectivity doesn't ripple through the rest of the system. The actual processing of, actual. of the system, yes. The way to do that is through abstraction. The device itself can change, but the interface to what we call the Afero Secure Radio is basically the same. And so we've actually implemented that in Afero so that if you have a device that communicates to the internet over a little serial port, there's a protocol. That same protocol is used even if you are on a single device, say like a ESP32, you're running on one thread, we're running on the other, the communication protocol is the same. By having that abstraction and having that cleanly defined, that is essentially enables you to get a lot of reuse out of your development. So you can shift from one product to the other and the same concepts are being used again and again. So all that drivers and firmware and all that is done for you. Yes. And putting it in terms of the more commonly addressed protocols, whether it's Bluetooth or LTE or Wi-Fi or Linux or whatnot, all of that is abstracted and the rest of the platform isn't bothered by what you use. Right. We abstract at multiple levels. So you abstract at the radio level, so you don't have to worry about what type of radio you're using. We, we actually have done demos where we have literally taken one of the radios out, plugged in another one, and exactly the same firmware that was running on the motherboard just works. That's the abstraction that we've got. Excellent. And similarly, if you are using a low power device or you switch to a higher power device, it doesn't really matter. So it feels like the whole IoT world is graduating, maturing, moving into a whole new phase where it is way more accepted and understood that a platform approach is the way to go. That is what I'm observing. That's absolutely true. You really want to have a platform that has the scope and the scale already. You don't want to start on a tiny little rinky-dink system and then hope that you can scale it up. That's that never works. You, you don't really, yeah. yes. I mean, it's throwaway work. Right. You could do it, it's throwaway work. I think really what you want is a system that is already scaled and capable, which can actually be used for prototyping, which is what we offer. Now, because a platform solves the general case, yes, it is usable by different companies and different development teams and all that consistency is there. And it does not hard code anything because it's prepared for anything you throw at it. All of that really gives it a lot of flexibility. But that usually causes the problem that when you shrink it to fit to a very small scale deployment, it is just too complex. It's just too heavyweight. How have you solved that? So this really came down to the fact that we have very strong and very opinionated <laughs> designers and user experience people. So we've really, really emphasized the user experience there so that our tools, documentation, really designed to cut through all the difficulties. What we're trying to do is we always have a emphasis on can you develop quickly? Can you iterate on development? So there's a lot of value in iteration, uh, fast iteration. And so we want to be able to enable that where you can try stuff out and retry it. I think it's in our DNA. We're developers, we want it to be able to work as quickly and as seamlessly as possible. That's really how we tackle the problem. 
Perfect. Thank you. Always insightful. Always, I walk away with learning a few and hopefully you do too, our wonderful audience. Until next time. Thank you.